This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Coming up this hour, we chat with the authors of Seen and Unseen about the role technology has played in the fight for racial justice. Plus, we'll hear from the founder and CEO of Skin.io. The app provides early detection and screening for melanoma. But first, over the course of the pandemic, doctors and nurses saw a surge in conspiracy theories and dubious medical advice being shared by their patients. And the problem extends beyond COVID-19. Now, two people at the University of Chicago School of Medicine want to train health professionals to better guide patients when presented with health misinformation. Here to tell us about their new course on the subject is Dr. Vineet Arora, Assistant Dean at University of Chicago's Pritzker School of Medicine. Welcome to Reset, Dr. Arora. Thanks, Sasha, for having us. Also joining is Sarah Saratella, Director of Communications at the Institute of Translational Medicine. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much, Sasha. So I'll start with you, Dr. Arora, and I want to start with the inspiration for this class, because very, very interesting concept here. I wonder what you were seeing that made you feel that this sort of training was needed for students in the medical field. Absolutely. So actually, I've been interested in the idea of science communication and misinformation for some time, because at the Pritzker School of Medicine, where I'm dean for medical education, many of our students already graduate with the really important training of how to communicate their science and research to the scientific community. But what we don't do and haven't done before until now is teach them how to communicate that science to the public. And the reason that I got really interested in this is obviously during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. um, I saw a lot of people struggling to do this well. And especially when science is changing, how do you get out there and communicate? Um, And also there's um, a lot of, you know, really myths out there related to the wellness industry, other things that are not related to the COVID-19 pandemic that also have gained a lot of steam on social media. So as doctors um, and nurses, um, you know, we wanted to answer the call from the Surgeon General, which said that misinformation is a public health crisis and we need health professionals to be trained in this area. Absolutely. So it wasn't just COVID-19. This was something that you had been considering for some time. Yes. Sarah, you've got a background in journalism. Yes. So I'm curious how you became interested in medicine and what skills from that field you see being useful for future nurses and future doctors. Yeah, absolutely. So storytelling, obviously, as journalists, is runs through our veins. That mm-hmm. is what we do. And so I was able to move into the academic space and work with researchers on how to communicate their research using the power of storytelling. And why it matters for me personally, my uncle died of leukemia six months before a new treatment had come out. And he would have been the first to sign up for a clinical trial for that. But unfortunately, that wasn't something that he even knew about. So it's about accessibility, making sure everyone has access to the information. The National Academy of Medicine has said that health literacy is a critical part of health equity. So what we're doing now is making sure that our physicians and the healthcare systems, everyone has the tools to harness that power of storytelling, how to get rid of jargon and use the playbook. So important. Yes. Getting rid of jargon. So important. Because you understand it, Dr. Aurora. <laughs> yes. But not everyone does. Well, we, we speak in jargon. <laughs> That's what right. we learn. <laughs> And so it's almost interesting because uh, teaching early students, they they like the jargon, right? Because they want to sound real smart. They want to sound doctory. Yes, and uh, and and you have to actually make sure that along the way they remember how to talk to patients and connect with people. And so that's what we're really trying and to in do. In comes a person like Sarah. 
You are currently also, Sarah, the director of the Institute of Translational Medicine, as I mentioned. Expand on that. What, what do you do? Yeah. So as the communications director there, we are a health research accelerator that's fueled by the National Institutes of Health, the National Center for Advancing Translational Sciences. It's a mouthful. But we are a partnership between the University of Chicago and Rush and in collaboration with Advocate Aurora Health. Uh, Loyola University Chicago, North Shore University Health System, Illinois Tech, a bunch of folks across the city all coming together to help breakthroughs happen and get them out in the real world, helping people and obviously letting folks know about it and how to access it is an important part of that mission. So are communications courses typically taught in medical schools? So uh, usually we uh, we actually, the Pritzker School of Medicine is actually home to a collaborative of schools, and we lead the collaborative on schools that have research training programs, like required research training programs like ours. And what we know is that there are programs to teach students um, and residents and others how to communicate their science you know, at a scientific meeting, you know, like in poster format to other scientists. But we don't see a lot of um, communication um, skills being directed at how to communicate to the public um, at a health fair or in, you know, outside of the uh, doctor patient, um, you know, rooms, but in but really in those public spaces that we were called upon during the pandemic. And so that's one one thing that we really want to fill that void to say to to really close the equity gaps. We've got to have health professionals go that extra mile to community fairs Mm -hmm. to really reach people in their homes on radio stations. You know, how can we let people know that uh, there are health experts that they can tap into who can help them really think about the knowledge that they're getting from social media or from their community or from their friends? So we're one of the first training scientists, physicians, researchers in these skills. It's specifically for them, not just communications in general, but for those audience and those scenarios. Yeah. Well, this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, I am speaking with Sarah Saratella, who's Director of Communications at the Institute of Translational Medicine, and Dr. Vinit Arora, who's Assistant Dean at University of Chicago's Pritzker School of Medicine. And we're discussing a new course that they've designed to train nurses and doctors to combat misinformation. And now we're actually being joined by one of their students, Mikkel Germain, who is a practicing nurse who's also training to get her doctorate. Welcome to Reset, Mikhail. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad you could join us. I, I want to hear a bit from you about why you decided to to take this course with Dr. Aurora and, and Sarah. Yeah, let's get into it. 2022 has just been a hot year for misinformation. Misinformation on elections, vaccines, masks. We're living in this 21st century globalized world that's making everything more accessible, but that also includes misinformation, what's fact and fiction, and to Dr. Aurora's point, very much so propelled via social media. Um, And I personally felt this during the 2020 lootings of downtown where I lived. There was some misinformation right at the height of things when it was strained that a young person had been shot, and it just ultimately increased the violence. And so when I found out that Dr. Aurora from the Pritzker School of Medicine was teaming up with Sarah Saratelli from the Institute of Translational Medicine, to tackle healthcare misinformation, I wanted to contribute. Uh, and this course really provided medical professionals like myself with the ability to become trusted messengers to understand what misinformation is, mm-hmm. how it spreads, and turning social media on its head so that we as clinicians can advocate for getting the correct information out to the public 
to set some rumors straight. That that social media can be so dangerous, can't it? Yeah, so, so, it can. It can be empowering and yeah, dangerous. It, it totally can. So help us dive further into the course, Sarah. Give me an example of a, a lesson that, that gets taught. What are you trying to cover? Yeah, so we cover the science of storytelling. There's actually a neuroscience, and the brain of the listener and the storyteller have a shared neural coupling experience so that you can connect with any audience. And there are ingredients, a recipe to this, to be simple, concrete, avoid jargon, spark emotion. People have to feel something, and there's a whole bunch of research that shows when you have a really strong positive emotion or negative, you're more likely to act. And when there's misinformation spreading online, for For example, MIT found that across Twitter, false information spread 70% faster. It was retweeted 70% more. I can believe that. true information, yes. So there are people spreading it using these tools Mm -hmm. to spread bad. And now to make it a fair fight, we have to give our healthcare providers and physicians and teams and nurses the power to use it for good. So so Dr. Aurora, do you have your students role play different scenarios or, or, you know, what sort of situations, real life situations you try to prepare them for? So I'm a big believer in lived experience and the fact that students of all types do not come in as, quote, blank slates into your classroom, Mm -hmm. but they come in with lived experience, something they heard from their family, like growing up in an immigrant family with a disabled brother. My family has their own types of myths that they subscribe to, right? And so I see that in our students. Our students don't come in as blank slates. They actually have ideas that they want to tackle that are meaningful to their communities. And by giving them that opportunity to say, hey, what have you heard in your community? We're going to tackle that. And through our suite of courses, the course that Mikhail took was about infographics and how do you create a story using an infographic to tackle a myth. Mm-hmm. But Sarah and I have teamed up to teach about how to do this in a TED Talk or how to do this in an op-ed. Yeah. So there's so many different ways uh, beyond a traditional research paper, because this really gets at the idea that many, many, many of us write research papers, but you know it takes 17 years for some of that work to get out into practice. Yeah. So how can we teach physicians and scientists and nurses and others to close that gap? You're covering to, all the bases there. Yeah. Yeah. Mikkel, expand on that. Talk about your experience. Any particular insights that stood out to you? Yes, absolutely. I think the the number one um, resonating topic that really sat with all my interprofessionals who attended this course, which was pharmacists, nurses, doctors, was the ability to tell a compelling story and using imagery to couple that. And so we were able to develop some really awesome infographics that were able to speak to, uh, as Dr. Aurora said, topics close to home. We weren't, um, you know, blank slates. Um, many of us had topics that spoke directly to us from mm-hmm. things that we had experienced, and we built upon that. And I think we made some really um, compelling stories for our community here on the south side of Chicago. Yeah. You know, what stays with me is I, I know that over the past few years, I'm not the only one that's had to have conversations with my friends, with family, where they're sharing some wild health stories with me, you know, dubious health information. Yes. Um, give us some tips on how people... Uh, who aren't necessarily in the health field, how we can try to combat this sort of misinformation. Yeah, well, I think the first thing to, that we really emphasize to clinicians is the need for empathy 
and listening. You know, um, a lot of times I think people are so burned out in healthcare with the pandemic that um, it's easy to shut down and just be like, oh my God, this person is never going to get vaccinated. I'm just going to move on with my day. Um, but if you can just pause and say, well, tell me a little bit about where you heard that, you know, and kind of dive in, you know, well, what made you believe that? You can get to the bottom of the idea of there are probably other things in people's lived experience mm -hmm. that you can then say, well, let's focus on that. What really matters to you? Um, I also think that it's important to really think about, um, you know, communicating that this is what we know now, you know, and that science is changing. It is evolving. We've got new research coming, as Sarah highlighted with the Institute for Translational Medicine. Yeah. And so people, it's okay that I might come back to you and say things are going to change. And then in terms of the public, we actually partner with librarians who are really amazing at doing this, at helping coach the public on how to get good information. So during the pandemic, working with a nonprofit that we um, that we founded called Impact, Illinois mm -hmm. Medical Professionals Action Collaborative Team, we actually trained Chicago public librarians in how to address questions about the COVID vaccine. So, so again, it's partnering with trusted messengers to get into the community. And so that, that librarians could then say, hey, here's where to get good information from. And a lot of it, we do actually bring librarians in the course. And the students really rave about um, using the librarian's techniques yeah. to be like, that's, let me do the fact checking. Let me do the source checking so that you have a healthy degree of skepticism, if you will. Yeah. So when you hear something, you can actually trace it to be like, is there something that's propelling this or a conflict of interest? Like, where is this truly coming you from? You got it. You got it. Sarah, being able to persuade someone, uh, that has to do with their strong sense of trust, right? How do you advise students on how to build that sense of trust with patients. Yeah. So hard to come by these days. It is so hard. So one of my other lives, I'm also a licensed private detective at Vantius. Okay. Yes, what else, Sarah? Family. I know, right? Sarah right? is the so most interesting else? person on campus. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've gotten wrongfully convicted people out of prison. You have to learn how to connect with people and build trust in just a few seconds from no matter what background, courtrooms, celebrities, the streets. And we teach our students that you need to find common ground. There are universal things that connect everybody. Laughter, love, loss. And when you can tap into those and find a moment to connect with someone at a human level, mm -hmm. that's that baseline for trust. And there are ways you can do it in a really quick manner. And if you want to learn that, we have a new master's program coming out. There's a science communications track for a master's in biomedical okay. sciences at UChicago that's kicking off. You can join Vinny and I next year for some courses. Um, but those <laughs> are some little tips to listen, build that moment of shared connection and trust that then opens the door for the foundation to lay there. Yeah. But to ask those open-ended questions, how, um, what, to get to people's motivating factors allows yeah. you to frame it for your audience. Because if they don't know why they should care and you don't use language, analogies, you know, you're not going to talk to a seventh grader from neighborhood A the same way you're going to talk to a 65-year-old from neighborhood B. Right. And that allows you to really customize it. Got to be tailored. Got to be tailored. A few seconds left, Dr. Aurora, I mean, leave us with this. Is there more that you want to see overall from the medical community to, to get in front of misinformation? Yeah, no, absolutely. I would say that one of the biggest challenges is really spotting misinformation and sort of classifying it. And so I think that it's really important 
for, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to the the case around burnout, right? Yeah. I, I cannot stress em, uh, enough how burned out the healthcare professional uh, profession is. And I'm hoping that these tools will empower clinicians to say there is a path forward, you know, and even if I can't convince you in my office or in my, you know, at the hospital, you know, bed or at the clinic or in the ER mm-hmm. to consider getting vaccinated for the flu shot or a COVID vaccine. I can get you a little closer to get the information and and get to trusted sources. And so we've got to keep people in the game. And this is going to be a long haul because the thing about the pandemic is that what we're starting to see, right, is questioning of 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 accepted scientific practices and like the reemergence of, you know, things like polio. Right. We need to go the extra mile and we need to We need everyone in the fight, as Sarah mentioned. We'll have to leave it there. That was Dr. Vinit Arora, Assistant Dean of University of Chicago's Pritzker School of Medicine. Sarah Saratella, who's Director of Communications at the Institute of Translational Medicine, and you, Chicago student, Mikkel Germain. Thank you all.